0: All right, here we go on a Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are here live in the Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. studio every Sunday at eight on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio. Um, The we also include social media director Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. And producer Chris Magnum, Chapman, who aside from producing and being a part of a lot of shows at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as a locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network and the host of the UNLV pre-pre-game show on our other sister station, ESPN Radio, Las Vegas. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. The page is called Out of Line. That's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports Residential Bank Corp. studio line is 702-876-1340.
1: Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time
0: for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, Residential Bank Corp. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, Residential Bank Corp is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. Residential Bank Corp, funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 to get information on all of the home financing options currently available in Nevada. On Tap water in Florida, in South Florida, has gotten a little hard as uh, both South Florida teams are on the verge of elimination in their championship series at the NBA. The uh, Miami Heat down three games to one tomorrow night will be game five back in Denver and in the NHL, as we all know, at least most of us know, yesterday the Vegas Golden Knights won game four and are now up three games to one in the Stanley Cup final. And uh, Game 5 will be Tuesday night back at T-Mobile Arena. The Cup will be in town. We'll talk about that. Las Vegas Aces bid for an undefeated regular season. What am I talking about? Stick around for fact. This has gone awry. And uh, the Las Vegas Aviators are setting up for a six-game series against interstate rival. uh, And that is Reno. And then um, also we have uh, the Treble. You know what that is? Chris does. He knows he's shaking his head back there. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. And Amanda Nunes says she's retired officially after winning yesterday. And uh, some people say she's the GOAT, man. And uh, is she? I mean, if it, would her and Ronda Rousey, both at their prime, who would win that match? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that again in a little while as well. But uh, that is what's on tap if you are looking to buy a home or to refinance the home you currently own. Contact Residential Bank Corp., the company that is funding America one neighborhood at a time. Call 702-964-5720 for details on current home financing options In Nevada, and uh, an eventful week, a great time. Um, Trying to watch a little Major League Baseball, watching everything else right now, but come on, it's the finals and the final, and that is the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final going on right now. And uh, two teams from South Florida, both worked magic as we know. In uh, the regular season, I should say in the postseason, both qualifying as the eighth seed in their respective conferences, in their respective leagues. And uh, both teams make a run to the championship series. And it's almost like watching mirror images as you watch both teams. A little bit different. Golden Knights won their first two games and then lost game three. Denver split at home, lost their first home game of the postseason, and then went back to Miami and won both there. So we'll talk about that, uh, but let's get right into it, guys. Go ahead and hit it, Spencer. Nightcap. Hockey players, as you know, are
2: warriors. They don't give up. They come to play every game. It's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights. From highlights to interviews to special events, the puck starts here.
0: Well, the Vegas Golden Knights are playing championship hockey. They're playing defense first. They're taking care of their own zone. They take care of business in front of their own net, and they are making it very difficult for Florida to penetrate. And when they do get through, that defense, Aiden Hill is just making huge saves, and that pretty much sums up the Stanley Cup Final to this point. Um, you can't blame Bobrovsky. I mean, he, he's had a tough game. He had a tough game, but he's recovered from that. He's kept Florida in it because uh, yesterday um, it, the score could have been different. I guess both on both sides. You know, the post the post played a has played a tremendous role in the final. But um, Chris, this has been. Uh, it's it, it's kind of gone the way, I think, if you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, you hoped it would go. Um, you know, a sweep would have been nice, but I think everybody probably secretly inside wanted Florida to get one game so the, the VGK can come back to T-Mobile Arena and win their first ever Stanley Cup
2: final and Stanley Cup here in Las Vegas. Yeah, Brian, I it's gone pretty much the way I expected it to go. <laughs> Uh, game 2 was was obviously not something I envisioned. I didn't envision a, a, a blowout in Game 2. But, um, you know, I I thought Vegas would win both games at home. I figured Florida would take Game 3. They barely took Game 3. And I figured Vegas would bounce back and win Game 4, come home and win it on Tuesday night. My prediction all, all along was Vegas in 5. And, you know, it's, it's it's weird because this has been a series in which I think everything has come together for the Golden Knights. Like the second period last night, I know they gave up a goal. And it was a real goofy goal, right? It, it deflects off of two defenders and then past Aiden Hill. Pinball. Like, it was like, pinball. Like, like that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think it hit McNabb's skate, and then I think it bounced no, off it the... hit McNabb and then Theodore. It was yeah. uh, It was literally about... But what I was going to say... But makes... like Theodore's skate was was in the process of moving forward... It was extremely it was
0: fluky. What I was just yeah. going to say, Megs, real quick, and I, I want you to continue with your thought. But you know, it just shows you why the oldest adage in hockey: shoot the puck. Yes, because anything can happen, and that's it. Florida needed to shoot the puck. They desperately needed to get back in the game, and that's what they did: to shoot the, shoot the puck at the goal, and look what happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, and getting back to my point. Last night, the second period, I thought was maybe the best period the Golden Knights have played. Agreed. All postseason. Agreed. Like, this team has gotten better every series in the postseason. Like, I I wondered how they would come come back after the Edmonton series. And they've been better every series. And that's what you need to do to win the Stanley Cup. And look, the Golden Knights are on the brink. I I feel pretty confident saying I feel like they're going to do it Tuesday night. Um, You know, I hope for the fans of Vegas they do it Tuesday night. You know, I was having the conversation with my wife last night. I said, you know, if they win Tuesday night, I'm trying to think what the scenes outside T-Mobile Arena will be like. How difficult will it be for, for people like you and me to get out of the parking garage and get home because people will not, they won't be going home right after that. And if you're one of those businesses along whatever they call the area between T-Mobile and the Strip, you got to be loving life if that's the case. But, you know, I, I, I thought the final has been a culmination of everything Bruce Cassidy has done this season with this team. You've gotten depth scoring. Guys like Alex Mart- Alec Martinez. Jeez, I always do that, right? Alec Martinez scores a goal. Zach Whitecloud has a game-winning goal. William Carlson now with a game-winning goal in a Stanley Cup final. I mean, Brian, it, it, it's like the, the, the defense of the Golden Knights has has shined. Um, guys like Alex Petrangelo. Like, I know Petrangelo. Like, like some people around the league, he, he rubs the wrong way. I like the way Alex Petrangelo plays because he knows when he has to be that player, but he's so good at so many other things he does. Like, he's really, I, I, I would say, if it's possible for him to be, I don't know if, if underrated is the word, but I would say underappreciated because he doesn't have goals. He doesn't, you know, he he's not a guy. He gets guy a who,
0: lot of assists,
2: though, and that yeah, just but, shows but, his value. And, and that's the thing. But not only does he get a lot of assists, he's a leader. Yeah. Like, he, that guy, there's a reason why. When, when you walk through the halls of T-Mobile Arena and they have pictures of, of Stanley Cup winners, there's like reason why Alex Petrangelo's picture is up there and he's holding the Stanley Cup and that St. Louis Blues jersey. Because Alex Petrangelo is... Well, Chris,
0: you still you know, it, 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 and a great, great example of that is he's got an A on his jersey. He's yes. only been with the team a couple of years. Yeah. You've got guys like William Carlson, who is a leader on the ice. Yeah. You know, maybe not the most vocal guy, a guy that likes to be humble and quiet, but he is a leader on the ice. He does everything right. He could easily, on, on a lot of other teams, he'd be daunting that A, even though he doesn't talk a lot. And yet they know how valuable Petrangelo is. He's a leader on and off the ice with these guys, and they stuck it on him.
2: Oh, and, and, and- I think everything starts with the blue line with the Golden Knights. Yeah, like yeah, you you've got Petrangela or, or you've got Eichel, you've got Stone, you've got Marsh or so, and those guys are are, I mean they're they're great players, right? They're all all star players, and they're 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 all just really really good players. Like Jack Eichel, to me, Uh-oh. if you've watched this this entire playoff run and your and your assessment of Jack Eichel is he's not an elite player, you know what I I. There was a point where I was like, I need to see more from Eichel.
0: Chris, I, I did a promo that yeah. I finally
2: had to get him to pull.
0: But it, it's funny because it seems like right after that promo, yeah. his game has but, but, changed but it's, dramatically. It's,
2: it's like, I, I watch Jack Eichel now, and I'm like, this guy, sure, he doesn't have the numbers of McDavid, but he doesn't need to have McDavid numbers. Yeah, Because he's he's got great players around him that he makes better. Like the addition of Ivan Barbashev, what a what what a move! No, it's been huge, Chris. But, but but I want to get back to to um, we we were talking about the blue line, like like Zach Whitecloud, Nick Hague, and Braden McNabb. Those three guys don't get enough credit for the job that they do. Like I tweeted out last night, if you want to see every single everything that Braden McNabb is all about, and why this team needs a guy like Braden McNabb. You watch those last fifteen seconds. You watch that 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 power play for the final seventeen seconds yeah. of the game last night, and you see Braden McNabb laying his body all over the ice, doing everything he can to prevent that puck from going in the net. I mean, he is he was
0: dialed well, in. You know, the thing is with Braden McNabb too, is you know, he might not be as appreciated by the public as he should be. But you can tell every time uh, Bruce Cassidy talks about who he calls Nabber, you can see the respect he has for his ability on this team. And understanding when we talk about how great defensively this Vegas Gold Knights team is, and I will say great defensively, Braden McNabb is one of the reasons why they are great. A guy that if you're looking for statistics, the only thing you really need to look at is hits and block shots. And you will see Braden McNabb amongst the NHL leaders in both those categories and that is what makes him great defensively a guy that is in the right place at the right time as fundamentally sound as any defenseman is going to be and a guy that this team completely relies on and also Chris to say that, you know he's been hurt a couple of times but for the most part for all that he does he's very he is very durable. very durable and in the lineup all the time and I you know I really like I said as far as a defenseman goes what a great pickup and who even knew in the expansion he was one of the first five players to arrive in Remember Las that? Vegas they they, they they brought they they yeah never Derek England um Jason Garrison J- Jason Garrison and, and, who and, and didn't even played for Fleury. the team yeah and, and right?
2: Mc, McNabb is the only guy left. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. and he signed two contracts. Yeah, hey, I'm wearing the shirt right now, the Misfits. He was one of them. <laughs> like like McNabb is, is wearing or, or wearing. McNabb was 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 he he is the only player who has signed Two contracts with the Golden Knights. Yeah, another actually, a, another. actually, I think I think Riley Smith is now another that guy group, to
0: me. You know, out of those misfits, Chris, you could put an A on McNabb, you could yeah. put an A on Carlson, and you could put an A easily on Jonathan Marchessault. Anyway, matter of fact, you could put a C on Jonathan yeah, Marchessault. I,
2: I thought Jonathan Marchessault was going to be the yeah the first, first captain,
0: but Mark Stone, oh, his emotions but, yeah. are the reason that this guy is the captain of the team. This guy gets everyone pumped up, not just when he scores a goal, but look at him on the bench. When he gets excited, I'll tell you what. You know, you talk about it a lot. The two guys on this team that, after a loss, that are the most salty every time I've seen them after a game, Mark Stone and Zach Whitecloud. Oh, I don't White, think Whitecloud anybody is, is, yeah. hates losing more than those two guys on this team. Well,
2: and and I I I really love Zach Whitecloud for a lot of reasons. Like he, he he's just a guy who, who, first of all, his his. his Road to the NHL is one of those that you just root for, right? Like, it's, it's incredible, his backstory. But on the ice, he's a, he's a professional. Like, the guy will go out, and if he needs to shoot, he shoots. And, you know, I thought he had a rough game three. And Zach Whitecloud bounced back last night and had a pretty solid game four.
0: They have yeah, what a great pass he made. I mean, that pass on the breakaway for the first goal yeah. was absolutely, yeah, like, like... and then right at the beginning of the game too to get it lit up. He feathered that pass through yeah. and had great vision and absolutely set that goal up for Chandler Stevenson. And that shows you again the value of. Well, I, I was he's,
2: say he's got like he he's got some offense in his game. But he's a guy who who learned that at a very young stage in his career that in order for him to not only make the NHL but to survive in the NHL, he needed to forego the offense and be a solid defensive defenseman. And that's what Zat that Whitecloud is. And him and Nick Haig together, they don't get a lot of press, but man, I have seen a growth, not only in Nick Hague as as a human, but Nick Hague as a player. Like, Brian, we could go through every single player on this team. There's a reason why this team is going to win the Stanley Cup, and it's because from player one all the way down the, to skater 20, they are the deepest, I'm sorry, skater 18 with the two backup goalies or two goalies, they are the deepest team in the NHL. Their fourth line, if you even want to call it that, I mean, you've got you've got
0: guys. Megs, put it this way: there's two or three guys that are scratched nightly that would, that would be playing, playing on most yeah, other teams right now. Teddy Bluger would not be sitting on the bench on most teams. That would way, be playing if he was if he was on the Panthers? N- he'd be playing. No, no, I mean, Nick Cousins is on their
2: first line. Yeah. He could even cut it here in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, I mean, let so, that let that sink in, right? Yeah. Like, like Nick Cousins is is playing top minutes. For the Florida Panthers, a team that you're playing in the Stanley Cup Final, he couldn't breach the fourth line. He 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 was he was a third line yeah. max guy Yeah, at best. And 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 I like his game. I like Nick Cousins. I like, like he was a fun guy, but. He's definitely gotten better since he yes, left the Vegas yes, he, Golden Knights. Let's he, let's make that yes, very clear. Yeah, I mean, he's he not a, the same player today. He is but a
0: physical player. He's a guy that goes in the corners. He's a, he's a, a guy that will mix things up, he disturbs and he can put the puck in the net. Yeah. So he's a very he, valuable he, he's player. He's grown. He's grown a not lot. Not a as guy a player that I too. wouldn't mind still being here the way yeah. he's playing right now. Yeah, but but like I mean, top to bottom, the Golden Knights no, are the best team in the league. It's really good. And Chris, I was gonna say, you know, Chandler Stevenson with his multi goal game yesterday, the third guy already in the final. They have multi-goal games for this team, and as you talked about a little earlier, really this epitomizes the Vegas Golden Knights, a team you look at the how they have spread out scoring throughout the postseason this year. It epitomizes the word team. A matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen it because you know a lot of people have talked about them. I don't want to say critically, but about this team not having a guy that scored thirty goals on it, and and a team that was the number one team in the Western Conference, not one thirty-goal score, and yet you. You look at them; three of their guys are amongst the top scorers in the postseason right now. Jonathan Marshall, with one more goal, will be the top goal scorer in the playoffs after not scoring a single goal the in the, the first, Winnipeg yeah, series, yeah. which is just amazing. And he was so hard on himself, and now he's scoring at Will what was it, the first five games? Yeah, he didn't it, score. Un- unbelievable what he's done. And I remember, William, I remember harping: this
2: team can't win if no, Jonathan Marshall doesn't 100%, score one hundred percent. And William, I don't know if he heard it. And but, William
0: <laughs> Carlson, you know, is 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 producing like he did. In his 43 goal season during the postseason this year, he has been a top producer, a guy that's right there with the most points. Well, and and, and, and
2: just to talk about him, like I know, I know Sasha Barkov scored a, a, a really great goal last night. That's the first time he's he's done anything in this series. Like, William Carlson has completely taken Sasha Barkov out of the series. He is a lockdown guy. We saw that against
0: Connor McDavid, even though McDavid was very, very productive. There's nobody. McDavid is like like a guy like the Joker for the Denver Nuggets. There is nobody that is going to shut him down. All you can do is maybe contain him for times during the game, and that's what William Carlson did to Connor McDavid. He shut him down when he needed to. And and that's all you can do is, is just play him tough. And I don't think there's anybody in the league that played him any better than Carlson. Did
2: in the postseason this year, and I don't. I don't even think we've talked about Aiden Hill. No, we're like, we're, we're getting to him. Hold like, on. Before, but, 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 but you know, it, and it's. I I said it when they beat Winnipeg and Boston lost to Florida. I said whoever won the Edmonton Golden Knights series was going to win the Stanley Cup. The Golden Knights are one You went win out away. on a limb on that one. Yeah, I really did. Right. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I I didn't think Dallas was Dallas or Seattle were going to be able to get the job done. Um, certainly, there wasn't a, a team in the East like, yeah, it would have been nice for my Devils to get there, but I didn't think the Devils would beat the Golden Knights in, in, in no. seven games. The, like I said, when the we started... The team in the
0: East nobody wanted to see as the team this, nobody wanted to see was Boston. Yeah, and yeah. Florida took care of them this, for everybody. This
2: is a culmination of, I want to say, six years, right? Like, Kelly Kelly McCrimmon sat with the media last year when they missed the playoffs And he made a comment that what they did year one was not sustainable. And they've gone out for five years after that. And they've made some really unpopular decisions. They've made moves. They've made the blockbuster trades. But at the end of the day, as critical as some people have been on them, him and and George McPhee, they've gotten it right. Like, like. We look at the Jack Eichel move. We look at signing Petrangelo as a free agent, trading for Mark Stone, getting rid of Marc-Andre Fleury, getting rid of Max Pacioretty, letting Paul Stasny walk. But it's the little moves that no, they've well, done. It's 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 picking up Michael Amadio. No, it it's, is. It's it's going out and signing Ben Hutton, who Ben Hutton would play on a lot of other teams in the NHL, and here he is not, not going to... See Paul Cotter,
0: a guy that has contributed during the regular season, yeah. as much as, uh, no question about it, one of the most pleasant surprises on this, team, this team during needed, the regular season. When this team needed a season. guy to
2: step up early, early
0: in the season? Timely it was goals. Paul Cotter. Timely goals and also a gnat, a, 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 a disruptor. Yeah. A guy that is always going into the corner, is hitting you. And Paul Cotter can't get near the
2: ice right now, yeah. nor will he and, and the, the thing rest is, of the play. Post- like, like, I mean, he's, he's down the pecking order. Yeah. But yet this team... When they needed that early season scoring and they needed a depth guy to step up, it was Paul Cotter. Yeah,
0: And and, and again, even, even and Phil Kessel, we criticized early in the season. When is this guy going to be a healthy scratch? He never was until the postseason. And Phil Kessel is a guy that would hustle his ass off, Chris. A guy that works as hard as anybody else. But the bottom line is, he's not, not going to get inside this lineup.
2: He how, just can't. How about, how about the fact that Phil Kessel has this great streak... And it's, it's, you know, he, he had played a, like something like over, a I can't remember the last time he didn't play in a playoff game, but I mean, he's one the Golden Knights are one win away from putting Phil Kessel's name on the Stanley cup again. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, it's pretty, it's the whole thing is pretty cool. And what I want to talk about the little bit of time we have left on this subject is, you know, some of the other things and, and, and you brought it up and, and, and I, I can't go without stating it more is Jack Eichel, you know, I'm going to be one to say that you know was worried about him at the beginning of the postseason that Jack Eichel and a lot of people wondering how will he step up? He'd never played in the postseason before. He had a back injury that kept him out a full season and a half of his short NHL career. Neck injury, neck injury, excuse me, that kept him out his entire you know a year and a half basically of hockey, and he comes back this year. This guy has proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that the, he is not a soft player and any anyway, besides his skill set which you already knew the skill set was there but how would he react when it stepped up when the hitting really took place and you know this is a first season where he's pretty much been healthy the majority of this season a little spent a little time on the shelf but that was it what did Jack Eichel do two games ago? Chris took as wicked of a mid ice hit as you were ever going to see as he left his feet. And Matthew Tuchuk completely—I mean, he stopped him in his tracks. And I was worried as hell. We're watching that game, and actually, that game was here in Vegas. It was two games ago, and we watch him leave the ice. And from what I could see, I've got my binoculars out, sitting up there in the auxiliary press box, I'm like, oh my god, he looked—I actually like those seats. He, I do too. He looked panic stricken, like, oh my god, what it was is he got the breath not knock, wind knocked out of him, but he looked panicked, like, oh my god, something happened. And when you see a hit like that that involves you completely stopping motion, all I could think of is whiplash and the neck injury, and like, oh no. And here, he's back. The the next period. Then, yesterday... I'm like, oh my God, this has to be bad. so takes a shot, and this wasn't just a typical wrist shot. He had some, he had some velocity on this shot, and hits Eichel. It must have caught enough of his helmet to not do damage, but I thought it caught him like square in the side of his neck. And I'm like, oh my God, can this guy get a break? Can can the Golden Knights get a break? This guy. He doesn't need to go down again. And here he's back the next period. He runs off, goes right to the locker room. He starts the next period, and he is productive
2: again. Talk about durable and a guy that can take it, Jack Eichel. Yeah, I mean, that hit he took in Game 2 was incredible. It, it was as vicious and, and as violent of a hit as you'll see in the league. And it was clean. It was a clean hit. And Jack, Jack will be the first guy to tell you that. And... I I didn't think he was going to be out. Like I, I saw it. I saw him get up and turn and yell. And I think he yelled at the ref. Like, "Hey, you know, what are you doing?" Um and and he came back to start the third period. And I think that boost alone, seeing him come back, I think that was enough for the Golden Knights to to, to really just blow the doors open in that third period. But there's so many guys you could look at on this team, and I'll start with him as if if they close the deal Tuesday night, there's a lot of guys who can make cases for that Con Smythe Trophy. No you know Jack Matt Eichel is is one of them and I, I I don't care that he doesn't have a goal in the final. in fact he's gone 11 games without a goal in the playoffs but it's what he's doing leadership wise, it's what he's doing defensively. it's the way he passes the puck. I, I told my it's, wife, it's I, simply, I, I said, It's simply his presence. I told Junko, I said, I said, every time Eichel gets the puck, just watch him. Watch how hard it is for guys to knock him off the puck. Yeah. Watch how he passes the puck. His vision. Like, if he adds goals, and, and look, I mean, I say that jokingly, right? Like, he can score. But. He's a legitimate 100-point guy. No, I, I agree with you, Chris. And the other thing with Eichel is, you know,
0: he he's much stronger than people give he's him credit for. He's bigger than I think yes, people he's think, big, too. When you stand next to him, he's bigger. But he's, a, he's, when a, you, he's a pretty part imposing of the reason, presence. Part of the reason of not being able to dislodge the puck from Jack Eichel, yes, his ability to make moves and elude people is incredible, but it's his strength. He has this
2: strength where he can he, get to the is, net. You know, you, you and, talked about his toughness. He he is. I I would say if I was like creating a player, like he's exactly what you would want in an elite top line
0: center. I would agree with you. Listen, we got we got to roll on. I wanted to say a couple of other things real quick. You talked about the con Smythe Trophy. I think right now, if Vegas holds on and wins the Stanley Cup, which they will,
2: I think Jonathan Marchsoe is going to get this. Although it, 11, 11, was it a nine nine game point streak? Yeah, it, it's on. Un- uh, he's got the Golden Knights record for goals. In in a postseason, which which is a not that old, but it doesn't but, matter. But
0: it doesn't, yeah. And he, he probably, I mean, I you know, again, they might only have one game left, but he's got a shot with one more goal. It'll be his fourteenth. He will officially pass uh, Leon Dreisaitl and have more goals than anyone else in the, in the postseason. In the playoffs, yeah, which would I mean, be that's, huge. That's
2: impressive. And the that, other that's guy, that's nothing to 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 like. Oh no! There's nothing there, What there's not. Especially there's, when you consider that he didn't score a goal in the there first is, five there is, games there of is the playoffs. There's not enough
0: positive things you can say about Jonathan Myers. So the other guy that, with, with without question, would have to be considered is Aiden Hill. And don't have a lot much more time to talk about Aiden Hill. But what I will say about Aiden Hill, what he has done between the pipes. Number one, I'd love to be his agent right now. Oh yeah. Because that he is going to command a strong contract, and he has proven. Like people keep saying, you know. It, it, did he catch lightning in a bottle is no, this what it is? No, the bottom line isn't. is no. Look, at, look at Aiden Hill. He's only 26 or 27 years old. He has plenty of time left he's in his career. He's just about to enter yes. his prime. And he has always been a late bloomer. Go back to when he first started hearing about it, Aiden. You know, look at him in high school. He was a late bloomer, a guy that grew late and came into his own late and just kind of has been dwindling and high, hidden in obscurity. Now he's gotten a chance to shine, and boy, has he ever done it. And I'll tell you what, to a small degree, and I'm going to say a small degree, he should go give Jonathan Quick a little bit of a hug because the day Jonathan Quick arrived in Las Vegas for his first game, and it actually wasn't in Vegas, they went and played in Dallas, Aiden Hill had the best game of his career, over 50 saves, and I think he saw Jonathan Quick right behind him, and there was that little extra motivation to say, hey, I'm your guy. And that I think that game, and before he went down with injury where they had to bring up Laurent Brossois, I think that game in particular is one Bruce Cassidy called on in his memory and said, you know what, when Laurent Brossois went down and Hill had been hurt and he's back now, do I go with Quick initially or do I go back to Aiden Hill and I think that game in Dallas made you know made uh, Bruce Cassidy think you know Jonathan Quick used to be able to have games like that but he he hasn't in a long time, and Aiden Hill just did against Dallas. Played decently before he went down. We're going to go with him, and it has been a monumental decision for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, a, a, a great decision by Bruce Cassidy and Aiden Hill. Like I said, is without question in the conversation for the Conn Smythe Trophy right now. Depending on what what goes on, if somehow Florida came back at this point, it would be between between uh, Tuchuk and uh, and of course um, and Bobrovsky. But I will say one one last thought, Chris, is, you know, Matthew Tchuchok is clearly hurt. And they've got two days before Game 5. Not exactly sure what his injury is, but he did not look comfortable all game long. And there is no way, there. there's absolutely no way that... Um, that, that, that Paul Maurice scratches him no matter what. Chuck's not going down for anyone healthy coming up. But it has got to be a huge concern for the Florida Panthers. In the next two days, I don't know what kind of therapy or what they can do to this guy's body, but Matthew Tuchuk is as important to the Florida Panthers as any player in any team in any sport. And if this guy can't answer the bell... Tuesday night and play at his
2: highest level. Florida, I don't think has any chance to win well, this he, game or this series. Him and the rest of his teammates have no choice. Yeah, like you cannot. Like if Florida does not play their very best game of the playoffs on Tuesday night, their season's over. Like that, there, there's no if ends or buts about it. They're not going to go out there and play a pedestrian game and win because Vegas is going to want to play their very best game of the postseason. Like like there was a, there was something about the lack of urgency in game 5 against Dallas at home. You're not going to see a repeat of that. That's not going to happen. So nope. and and it's pretty clear Kachuk he he was he was demolished by Keegan Kolasar uh, in game 4 or game 3. He has
0: not looked the he same since He missed a that bunch hit. of time yeah.
2: and, you know, he can't move his arm. Yeah. You can see it. So he, he, I mean, I hate to say it. Every time they showed him on the bench, that that is going to be a a point of emphasis for the Golden Knights on Tuesday night. Eliminate this guy, take him out, and make him a non-factor. No, I would, and 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 look, that's the way you have to play it because he would do exactly the same thing, and he has
0: done it. Yeah, there's there's no question about it, and uh, you know, but again we'll see what happens. I, I think Tuesday it all ends here. I think, uh, the second time a uh, game five in the Stanley cup final is played at T-Mobile arena. This time, I think a uh, different result completely. We'll see the Stanley cup again, but it'll go to the VGK again. Florida's not going to go quietly. Don't count them out. And the main reason you can never count this team out is because of the world-class ability of Bobrovsky, who at times is completely the best goalie in hockey and has been throughout this playoffs has been right there with the greatest in the postseason. Um, He's gonna to have to play his best game, and Kachuk's gonna to have to be uh, you know, at least ninety percent for this team to have any chance to do it. Listen, let's move on. We're running a little bit behind. I want to bring in Big Mo. I have Paul McKesky joining the show. Uh Paul McKeskey several years in the NBA, few different teams, has played some uh, against some of the greatest big men to ever play the game, and he's gonna join us today. I got to I got to speak with Paul. I uh guest hosted the TC Martin show on Thursday and had Paul on with me then as well. Uh uh, some things have happened since then. Two more games for the Miami Heat. And uh, and uh, I should say one more game for the Miami Heat. That team is looking uh, looking like uh, they're probably done, Paul. Uh,
1: like I said, uh, I think I said it on, on the show we did the, the other day. You know, the Miami Heat have been on a run. And they beat two of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, in, in the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. And handle, handle them, you know, uh, with, with great uh, pride and, and, you know, their culture and, and all that stuff. So, you know, they've been there. Uh, uh, and I said on our show when we talked that for the Miami Heat to, to uh, have a chance in this series uh, and uh, win game four, that two out of these three guys, Struce Martin, or Robinson, had to show up big. Uh, and unfortunately for the Heat, they didn't. Uh, Struce had zero points. Martin had 11 and Robinson had 12 uh, and uh, you know the, the Denver Nuggets are the better team and if those guys don't show up for the Miami Heat, uh, it's going to be a gentleman suite in uh, Denver. Uh, coming here uh, tomorrow night on Monday.
0: Yeah, you know, the Joker only played 37 minutes of Game 4 because he got himself into a little bit of foul trouble. Didn't matter, though, because Aaron Gordon had a team-high 27 points and Bruce Brown gave them 21 off the bench. I mean, to me, Paul, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo will have to combine for at least 50 points, and they're also going to have to combine for, for, for 15 assists, which means they are going to have to make plays to get guys like Max Strauss, who you just mentioned, and Duncan Robinson, um, open looks. They're going to have to attack Joker as a team, and you know to see if they can get him in foul trouble once again. Which is the only way you can stop him is to get him off, you know, get him on the bench because there is nothing they can do to defend this guy. So Jimmy and Bam um, are going to have to be ultra aggressive, making plays for themselves and their teammates if they want to have any chance to play a game six in my. Miami. Um, Your thoughts, Paul? I mean, what can they do? I mean, Jimmy Butler, we have seen this guy play the role of Superman a number of times, but his point production, his overall production has dropped off in the final. You could say, you know, it's partially Denver's defense and Denver's offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, also the Joker turned his ankle in the first half uh, pretty badly, by the way. So, uh, you know, there's a little tweak there. Fortunately for the Joker, uh, he jumps about as high as I jump, uh, which is non-existent. So, uh, you know, that ankle twist is not going to bother him like it would a lot of people. Uh, and I I agree to you to some extent, Brian, but you know what? Uh, uh, Butler has not been playing to his, uh, you know, to Jimmy Buckets. He's not been doing that, uh, you know, and, you know, he's been having his regular games, you know, he's he's. You know, first game was terrible, but he's 21 points, 28 points, 25, but he's going to have to go up to 30, 35 points uh, to be able to be, uh, you know, to be able to disrupt the the Nuggets and uh, Bam Adebato had a spectacular game in the first couple with 26 and 13, 21 and nine. And his numbers aren't bad. Like last game, he had 20 points and 11 rebounds. However, I think he had five or six turnovers just giving the ball back to Denver that killed him. But uh, I do disagree with you on uh, creating shots for others because they are—they are they, Struis, Robinson, Caleb Martin are getting wide open threes and they're just not making them. They have to make those shots for Miami to have uh, a chance. And you know, it's uh, it's classic that uh, you know in the last game, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon, you know, had 20. He was their best player, 27, seven and six. You know, so. Uh, if uh, And Vincent has been that guy, Gabe Vincent, for Miami before. He's had 23 points, uh, and he needs to step up. But, um, you know, the momentum is all for Denver. Um, you know, the, the, the Miami zone is not affecting Denver like it did Boston Celtics or even the Milwaukee Bucks. And, uh, you know, I, after I looked at the faces of the Heat when they came off the court, um, you know, I could see a gentleman sweep and sweep in Denver wrapping this up. It could even be a blowout if those guys—Streus, like Martin, Robinson—if they don't step up, it could be a twenty-twenty-five point blowout uh, on tomorrow night.
0: No I, I agree with you 100%. I I think uh, it's it, it could it, there's all the potential in the world for it to be a very long night in Denver for the Miami Heat tomorrow. I mean they're going to have to bring their best game. You know, Jimmy Butler, like I said, you're going to have to have at least 50 points between their two best players. You've got to have Caleb Martin play like he did, you know, throughout the throughout the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, or at least I should say through most of the Eastern Conference Finals and most of the 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 playoffs and uh and again, you're 100% right. Through and Duncan Robinson have to pick up the slap for mr. for mr. bucket hat um, who is still not ready to play Tyler hero I know you don't think he makes a difference because uh, you say him and uh, Duncan Robinson are a similar player but it's another guy that can hit from the perimeter and if Streus is cold and Robinson is cold it's another guy that come come in you need all the outside shooters you can get you're gonna have to make your perimeter shots and again uh, somehow be disruptive with the Joker inside and we talked about this a little bit on 30 on Thursday Mo but you know in your your opinion right now at this point in his career, and obviously again uh, there, there's so much more of a story to be told, but I have never seen a player like Nikola Jokic in my entire life. I, I just never have. I've never seen a guy that's that size that can do all the different things that he can make. A guy that is almost a walking triple-double at 7 feet tall. And, you know, 30 points is, is, is no big deal in the postseason for him. 15 plus boards is no big deal for him. And he could get 10 pluses assists on any given night, and then you got a guy playing next to him, you know, Jamal Murray, who again has had double-digit assists in all four games so far, but again, back to Jokic, uh, Paul, how good is he, the ceiling of this guy, and in 10 years from now, could we talk be talking about the Joker as the greatest big man that's ever played the game?
1: I think it's possible, I mean, with all the, all the uh, tools he has, um, and his basketball IQ, and his competitiveness, and his willingness to work. If you remember a few years back, uh, the Joker was just kind of a, you know, an enigma that was out of shape and, you know, not that he's in, you know, you look at him and, you know, he doesn't look like, uh, you know, a classical basketball player, but if you break it down and really look at him, uh, he's in shape now and he can play most of the game, but a few years ago he wasn't and he took it upon himself to get himself almost torture himself during the offseason to get himself in this kind of shape. And if he can keep that up, uh, you know, he's kind of the Euro uh Euro uh, uh overseas uh, bigs uh uh coming all into one. Uh you know when you look at like uh 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 Sabonis who, who you know came over and played for the Portland Trail Blazers at the end of his career. Great passer, great touch. Great basketball IQ. And then he went to Yao Ming, the 7'4 center. That was a a mighty power inside, but had feet problems. And, uh, you know, he's kind of those guys all in one. And so if he can keep this up for a long, extended period of time, you know, he could be up there with, and you know who I think is the goat? Will Chamberlain, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, guys, centers like that, Bill Russell, you know, those kind of guys. If you're talking those kind of names, you're a pretty special player and i think he has it all he has not only the skill set he has the mentality the competitiveness uh, uh the non ego uh you know he he always gives credit to other players and he's in a situation with the team right now that it's a perfect fit so if he can keep that all together he's got a great shot at being one of the best top you know three or four centers of all time however if we watch the NBA, we all know crazy stuff goes on. Free agency, dream teams, people move around, uh, people get disgruntled. Injuries. And all of a sudden, you're not in the same situation you were in a few years ago when everything was okay and everything's going great and we won a championship. And you start struggling and people move around. and you know. So a lot of factors come into this. But if he's on the path he's on right now, absolutely. Uh, And, uh, you know, I just tell guys, you know, I'm lucky, you know, I was a pretty non-athletic 12-year NBA veteran. So, you know, in my 10th or 11th year, uh, I might have lost a step, but nobody noticed. So he's in the same situation as that.
0: Oh, uh, it, it, his upside, as I said, is scary. You know, and and the, and the big joke, and I talk to this, I won't say all the time, but I hear this enough that it's almost a, uh, it's almost laughable t- talking about how Joker is just not athletic. He's, you know, look at a guy that does all these. I'm like. How do you say he's not athletic? Number one, basketball, it takes so much athletic ability, it's not funny. Secondly, just shooting a ball is something that muscle memory and, and, uh, and stuff. But to be seven feet tall and statistically do what he does, to say that that's not <laughs> athletic, come on, man. Are you saying just because he's seven feet tall, he does all these things? There's been a plethora of seven feet, seven foot tall players in the history of the NBA. There's nobody that has had the Complete package game because like I said, his passing ability is elite. It is that of some of the greatest point guards of all time. I mean he his court vision and it's not just because he's seven feet tall is unbelievable. The basketball a ball IQ, we're watching it continue to go up every year. He keeps learning from himself. This guy's upside is tremendous. And like you said, the one thing that could be his deterrent is the the two constants in life. Time passes and things change. Two things we can't do a damn thing about and those changes could equate to, you know, to something different for his career down the road. But if he stays at this level no matter where he plays, and the key is he stays healthy, which in professional sports is the number one thing. Longevity is what's going to make you one of the greatest of all time. you got to play long enough. If he can do all those things, yeah, I can't imagine us not putting him in, say, the top five centers of all times in 10 to 12 years from right now. We'll see what happens.
1: faith and you know at some point maybe god said uh okay uh let's give uh uh, the joker length let's give him a basketball iq let's give him competitiveness let's give him a great touch let's give him a flip shot let's give him a three-point jump shot over his head let's give let's give him a 40-inch vertical no we gotta stop it there there. (laughs) no No vertical vertical. that's too much yeah. yeah, You can't ask, ask him to ask jump, him jump
0: to. Too. Listen, we've been joined today by Paul McKeskey, longtime player in the NBA, coach, commissioner of a basketball league. This guy, Big Mo's, just done about everything, including playing against some of the greatest big men that have ever played in the NBA, and of course, a graduate of the home of basketball, Kansas University, a Jayhawk. I can't say rock chalk here because I'm a Michigan State Spartan, and I told you, I have a, still a bitter pill in my stomach for what Kansas has done to my Spartans a couple times in the NCAA tournament, but no denying. The history of that university. It continues to grow, and of course, uh, a really good player that uh, was drafted late in the first round as a rookie, uh, Christian. I, I always want to say Braun, and I said it on Thursday, but he pronounces his name Braun. But this is a kid who showed that we may be seeing a future star in the NBA. What he showed in Game Three when he scored 15 points after scoring 15 points throughout the playoffs. But Paul uh, got a run. I really appreciate taking time out this morning. Too bad you can't see the full uh, his full office there. I got a chance to watch Game Six of the Eastern Conference. Finals at Paul's house, and that is a really cool office, and of course, Paul being one of the teams he played for, an ex-Piston, so of course, my heart's there as well. Thanks, we always appreciate you, Paul.
1: Well, uh, and Brian, I want to say, like, uh, go Knights, number one. Love the hat. hat. Yeah, number two, you guys are wondering uh, what the, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the player from Florida, that's hurt, right? What's his name? Oh, Oh, uh, Tyler uh, Hero. Tyler Hero. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about the Panthers,
0: not Miami. Oh, you're talking about Matthew Tachuk. Tachuk.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll tell you what. I I know exactly what's happening. You want to know? You want to scoop right now? Sure. sure. Go ahead. ahead. I know what he is. His back is killing him. Just watch him move when he bends over. Believe me, I know. And when you watch him skate now or get up from the ground like he did last night and you watch how he was uh, leaning up against the boards uh, last night at some point, it's his back. Yeah, you know what? That, you know what that, that makes that makes, messed up. That makes That
0: makes perfect, perfect sense, sense, Paul. That Call hit that. by Kolasar was probably like similar to getting whiplash. And that'll mess up your back, your neck, and you are right. He is ginger in everything he does. And like I said, when I see him sitting on the bench, you know, he, he's famous for chewing the mouth guard. He never puts it on his teeth. I don't know what protection it gives him because he's even chewing it when he's on the ice. But he's got the mouth guard hanging out and he's got his hand on the on the boards and he is leaning down and you can see he is definitely laboring. And you know, when it's your back or ribs or something. It hurts to breathe, Paul. You know that.
1: So this is what the Knights got to do.
0: Pound, Pound him. him.
1: a couple more times and get
0: that get the, uh, get the cup. Yep. Say, cup say, Keegan Colasar, it's time for you to get even more acquainted with Matthew Kachuk. Listen, he is Paul McKeskey, Big Mo. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you joining the show, the show as show always. Is and uh, we will have you on again soon. Thanks, my friend. Alright, man. Appreciate it. Big Mo, Paul McKeskey man, longtime NBA player. Uh, some some epic battles with guys like Bill Lambeer, Charles Barkley, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal. He's played against them all. So pretty cool that uh get a guy like like Big Mo here in town now and he's a big Golden Knights fan, man. Hopefully be watching another game with him soon. Listen, go ahead, Spence. We are running a little behind, so go ahead and hit fact this.
2: Fact this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back
0: to
1: bed. Fact this.
0: Well, it's a fact. The Las Vegas Aces will not go undefeated in the 2023 regular season. Shocking, I know. This somewhat ridiculous thought came to an end Thursday in Connecticut But not before Jeff Van Gundy said this during their seventh consecutive win to start the season last Tuesday in Connecticut, when he jinxed the Aces. The Aces may run the table
1: and not get beat this year. What are you doing? I'm saying. No, you don't even mean that. I do mean that. You don't mean that. It could happen. If they come ready to play, have you seen a team in the history of sports come ready to play every night? Their talent level is overwhelming, even if they don't.
0: I don't care how overwhelming your talent level is. It is a 40-game season. Yes, a little bit less than half of the NBA season. Now, at one point, the WNBA used to be 32 games. It went up to 36 last year, and now it's 40 this year. 40 consecutive wins is... I mean, to say undaunting, I don't even know how you get there. I remember when the Detroit Tigers went 35-5 and in 1984. That was incredible. I remember when the Braves started the season, I believe, 1987, with um, 13 straight wins, and the Brewers also did it in early 80s, like 1982. They started the season with 13 wins. In baseball, that is absolutely unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, in NBA, WNBA, a 40-game season, regardless of There is no way that you can just show up every night and expect to win. Plus, Chris, you're the defending champions. Every team that's playing against you, that is just their thought in mind. Let's dethrone these guys. Let's beat them. And sooner or later, as it happened the other night in Connecticut, someone's going to take you down.
2: Well, the other aspect of it is you're, you're basically, it's an underhanded slap to the face of all the other ladies who play in the WNBA saying, hey, you're not at this level. Like it it's it was a ridiculous thing to say. Um, you know, I, I mean look, New York is obviously a very good team. Connecticut, I know they lost John Quell Jones, and and you know, they're not as good as they've been, but but they're still a pretty good team. Um so so and and look, our friend Tim Unglesby, he, he follows this sport as close as anyone, anybody I know. And he pointed out to us that this came at the end of a long road trip. For the Aces. I know our buddy T.C. Martin was in Connecticut for a while because I saw all his food pics. I didn't see any pictures of anything else, but I saw all the great places that he ate while he was in Connecticut. So you know it was a long roadie. Um, I think he did go to the Basketball Hall of Fame, which is cool, in Springfield, Massachusetts. He I, did. I I've saw been the there. Pictures that, that. That's very I cool. haven't yet. But, um, you know, it, it, it's just, come on. They're going to have an off night, and someone is going to have a really good night. Connecticut had that really good night on Thursday. And I don't think the I, I mean I didn't get to watch the game, so I don't know if the Aces had a, had an off night. But Connecticut was better than them, and it happens.
0: They were they were they were yesterday, and and you know and that that's just something that's going to happen. And again, or I should say the other night, I you know I just had a feeling when I heard Jeff Van Gundy say that I'm like, man, if I was playing for the Aces, I'd be pissed. Like, dude, you don't say things like that. That is the biggest mush that there ever is when you put something. You know what, Chris? If they were sixteen and oh. I would say, okay, you got to start talking about it. But there's seven and zero. No, not even at sixteen. No, I'm not disagreeing. You'd have to start to get into the twenties. You can't. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm just saying once about sixteen and zero, you start saying, "Wow, that's really impressive." I mean, I think that would be the most any team's ever started before. In, in, now, in, is it possible they go like thirty-five and five? Oh yeah, yeah, One hundred percent. I mean, this team is that good. As as Van Gundy said, even on an off night, there's so much talent on this team. You've got three gold medalists playing for this team. I mean, these guys are are ridiculously. You got four. Four was Chelsea Young on yeah, the Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray. You're right. Chelsea Candace Gray, Asia Wilson on the team, and Candace Parker. You have five then because you got Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum who in the three on three won a gold yeah, medal. Yeah, and then so, and
2: then and I don't I don't well obviously the Australian girl did not win a uh, Olympic gold medal but. You know, I mean, look, you, you've got, you got, as you mentioned, a, a bunch of experienced, very real, real talented. Real experienced, yeah. And the
0: thing is, they've come into their own now. Chelsea Plum was having trouble scoring. Kelsey. I don't know, Kelsey, excuse me, was having trouble scoring a little bit in her first couple years. And I don't know if that was a Bill Lambeer. Well, I think Lambeer, it was system, yeah. yeah. That, that was hurting her a little bit. Jackie Young had completely lost confidence. And, I, you know, right before the Olympics, she started to gain well, a little bit. Well, that was it.
2: For, for, for Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young. It was confidence. That, that, that three-on-three basketball tournament, they have been on another level since then. Since then, no,
0: no question about it. But, but um, you know, like I said. Uh this Aces team is extremely strong. They're fun to watch. Six thousand season seats held this year, and believe it or not, the Las Vegas Aces might be at the end of the season. And I say might be the first ever team to be profitable through for an WNBA season to actually turn a profit, which would be the first time in WNBA history that any team has ever done that. As shocking as that sounds, that is a fact. And the Vegas, the the Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Aces are on pace to potentially do that, and that would be pretty cool for this league. League. i'll tell you what vegas has done it right and especially when mark davis went out and got that new practice facility he is really trying to make the wnba a mainstay he's committed and he is and and now to
2: get a guy like tom brady involved you're getting names and faces by the way tom brady at the french open final i don't know who the lady is he's with but wow
0: no well did you expect any different
2: no okay. it's it's another it's an it just adds another check mark into the box on why i hate him yeah <laughs>
0: Anyway, listen, we'll move on from that. Uh, you know, I wanted to say also Amanda Nunez again uh, fought last night. She finishes her professional career, so she says, at 25, 23 and 5, 35 years old now. She beats Irene Aldana, who replaced Juliana Pena uh, in the fight last night. Uh, overwhelming. As of March 23rd, she was ranked number one in the UFC women's pound for pound rankings, two time UFC bantamweight champion. Uh, Amanda Nunez, man, the greatest of all time. Again, it'll always be a debate with me, Chris, because I remember watching Ronda no, Rousey. No debate,
2: no debate for me.
0: Ronda Rousey. I saw.
2: I saw Ronda Rousey almost a, kill people. Almost well, kill well, people. She was a. But her career was over so quick. It was. It was. And and when she when she she lost interest though. I think no, she just she, lost desire. She, she had no heart. Yeah, well, that's what I'm when saying. When she couldn't. When she realized that not every girl was going to be pummeled in 30 seconds, she 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 lost her heart. And she couldn't take a punch. No, she couldn't. Amanda Nunez, ten times better the fighter than R- Ronda. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm
0: going to say the, the goat. People are calling her the goat. She deserves that. and we'll 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 uh, we'll give her her just dessert. We're out. We're out of time. I also wanted to say at the very end that uh, again, Manchester City beat Inter Milan yesterday to become Cheats. the eighth team to win the continental treble. Eight teams have done it, uh, I, I, and that has been done ten times. And Las Vegas, eight, Las Vegas Aviators be home for six games versus Reno, starting on. Tuesday. Uh, That's it. We're out of time. I want to thank Big Mo, Paul McKeskey, our our guy behind the wheels of steel, Chris Chapman, and Spencer, the Wiz Oztroski, for taking care of things. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Out of Line. We'll be back next week, same time Sunday, 8 o'clock, every week here in Las Vegas on Fox Sports Radio. Bye-bye.